Welcome to the Ordinals Podcast, produced by Ord Media, featuring the top builders, projects, and investors pioneering Bitcoin inscription protocols and the future of digital artifacts. Let's start off with what are the layers? When we say there's layers to ordinals and inscriptions, specifically, what are the layers? And yeah, Bob, and then we'll go down. Yeah, uh, so the, the way I've been talking about ordinals protocol is a meta protocol. A meta protocol is, uh, it basically leverages Bitcoin for the messaging layer. So you send messages in a Bitcoin transaction, and then you have rules, and then you have some kind of software, like a node or an indexer that sits on top of a Bitcoin node that then interprets all of the messages. So you're able to take advantage of the security of Bitcoin in terms of like the ordering of the messages, and you can leverage the, the consensus of Bitcoin itself. Uh, but what you don't get with the meta protocol is there's no incentive to run a node. Uh, if you're like a miner on Bitcoin, you're going to get compensated. If you're a validator on Ethereum, you're, you're going to get compensated. But there's no incentive to actually run a meta protocol indexer. And so that's a centralizing force for meta protocols. So that's kind of the, the, the downside of ordinals. And then you have another layer on top of like BRC20. BRC20 is a meta protocol on top of the ordinals meta protocol on top of Bitcoin. So you're like kind of layering on the centralizing forces. So this is one aspect of, of a layer on Bitcoin as a meta protocol. There are others like sidechains or layer twos or uh, is there anything else? Sidechains, layer twos, meta protocols. I think that's it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's a good start. I don't have a ton to add. I'd say I think like some of the discussions uh, have been maybe these indexers are not quite good enough. Maybe they're not as secure as we need them to be. So do we need to add a layer on top that you know uh, either is another blockchain or or some other you know uh, way to to sort of make them agree more? I want to say uh, I think Unisat plus another exchange recently announced that they're going to start like comparing the sort of uh, operations from BRC20s as a way to just double check each other's work. So you could even call that like a layer, right? That's a that's a like another place where a consensus is being checked or agreed upon. So yeah, I think the limitations from the indexers is causing everybody to say like maybe we need to add more layers here. <laughs> and it's getting it's getting messy and complicated. Yeah. Rollups. I forgot rollups. Okay. That yeah. was that was yeah. the one. Yeah. Um, I mean, from my perspective, like the, for example, some genius came up with the sets at some point, and then um, that was interesting for starters, like, okay, using inscriptions for not like images and NFTs, but okay, let's do like ENS names, but with sets. And then like people started to pick that up, like as an indexer ourselves, like we've been doing indexing for like Ethereum, Polychain, um, Polygon, and now like doing it on Ordinals, mostly focused on that. Um, so we have like, we've been looking at everything, what's going on on chain, and like SAT started to pick up quite fast. And then there has been also like other things that many people don't know, like there's a news, um, like a meta protocol, people like put news on the Bitcoin blockchain, but like it didn't catch up. And then with the Domo, uh, the genius behind BRC20s. And then we, we, we came to see these like JSON files, like, okay, let's, this is how we mint, this is how we deploy, and then like, it's all inscriptions, it's all, we write data on it, 
And then now it became like, okay, we can do a lot of operations on the indexer layer. And then this is, it looks like it's just the beginning, like, um, okay, we have SAS, we have BRC20, there's like seven more BRC somethings um, trying to like get adopted. But like when we talk about the layers, it's become like, okay, which uh, new uh, JSON format or like whatever new format gets adopted from users and then also from the indexers or from the products. So yeah, we've been discussing this a lot on like, there's gonna be quite a lot of indexers. Maybe like they, some indexers will do BRC20, some won't, but we're gonna have like different kinds of applications popping up in the upcoming months probably. And I don't know, it's, it's, I have no idea what it's gonna look like. So let's start with the, like the computer science. Let's talk about what can we absolutely not do on-chain based protocol? What do we have to go to another layer, whether it's a side chain, whether it's an indexer, whether it's you know roll up? From a scientific point of view, this is why I'm not gonna answer this question, but ask it, because <laughs> I don't know as well as you guys do. But what is the actual constraints where we would have to go up a layer? Yeah, so I'll I'll take the first stab, but you know, you guys are welcome to chime in whenever. Uh, Bitcoin script is generally considered a non-Turing complete language. So that means you don't have the full breadth of programming capabilities that you would have in something like uh, a smart contract. Uh, you know, depending on, on the blockchain, some, some blockchains have Turing complete, some have non-Turing complete. It's basically just a, a, a function of how expressive you know, how, how programmable the, the, the blockchain is. So anytime you want to do something more advanced, like actually have, have a token that you're tracking and you have state uh, that isn't, uh, that, that, that Bitcoin isn't aware of, uh, you know, if you want to do fungible tokens, you can't do that on the Bitcoin base layer right now. If you want to do NFTs, you can't do that on the Bitcoin base layer right now because you, you, you just don't have enough programming capabilities. And so that's why people have gone to meta protocols. That's why people have, you know, even since 2013, 2014, we've had Counterparty as like an interesting meta protocol. We've had Omni and Rootstock and uh, RGB, you know, lots of people trying to add functionality to Bitcoin because it's just not, uh, whether you want to store stuff on it or whether you want to use it for compute, uh, people are just trying to get Bitcoin to do more. And one of those ways is just slap a meta protocol on top and then have some kind of node, in node indexer that's, that's you know, running and synchronizing the state. And there are, there are trade-offs to doing that. Another alternative is, well, let's just modify the core Bitcoin protocol. Uh, which is going to be controversial. This is being too. recorded, so <laughs> everyone's going to watch Bob say to propose a change to the court. No. In a hypothetical world, there is a potential future where you could actually make core protocol changes. Like I met John Light yesterday and talked to him about his really long research proposal on rollups on, on Bitcoin. And you could actually have the Bitcoin protocol itself verify these validity proofs. And at that point, meta, all meta protocols essentially become layer twos because now you're taking advantage of the security of the base chain. And so that's an interesting path forward. I know a lot of people are not going to like the fact that I'm uh, talking about a hypothetical world in which we could upgrade the Bitcoin protocol, but that is one interesting option. Do you think we could get that done in like a month? 
it might be a little faster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe like five years. <laughs> Two months? <laughs> I don't have a ton to add either. I'd say, um, let's see here. It's a, I'm, I'm worried of declaring you can't do this, you can't do that. And I think like, uh, I think like people find a way, maybe an indirect way. So uh, I, would, I would agree with everything you said. I would say just be wary of saying you can't, you can't do X or Y or Z. And um, I think like the simple way I was trying to think about how to summarize that, I was thinking, um, you know, Bitcoin is designed to do like, from like a uh, double spend or double write point of view, it's designed to do like one thing extremely well with the UTXOs, which is like, you can't double spend a Satoshi, right? And then there's all kinds of other things like I double double move some arbitrary token I've made or you know you know sort of like uh, declare state and say like you can only do this once or you or only I can do this or whatever all these other use cases that are not moving around satoshis it kind of it kind of fails that and so you need these workarounds I think that's the simple answer but I I would say push comes to shove and you give people a few years they might even find ways around that potentially. One of the just just really quick one of the beautiful things about a meta protocol is you can basically do whatever you want. It enables a whole suite of functionality that you didn't have at the base layer. So if you want to do a DEX, if you want to do fungible token airdrops, like I'm, I know BRC20 has a simple standard, and I think there's beauty in having a simple standard from adoption and interoperability. But if you wanted to create your own fungible token standard, you could do whatever you wanted. Uh, all you need is like a protocol, you need some kind of like operation, and then you could basically do anything that you could do on Ethereum, you could now do on Bitcoin through these meta protocols. Yeah, like one, one thing we don't have is like um, there is a reliance, for example, with the sets, the first, whoever gets the first gets it, but there is no, you can still register that, it just becomes like at the indexer level, we say, okay, like the owner of this sets is the first registrar. Um, so one thing we can't do is like people can just inscribe anything they want. Like on Ethereum, for example, with the ETH names, like you can't um, uh, take something that is already taken. But for example, because the simplicity of the ordinals, of the inscriptions, um, there is a reliance on basically products or the, the meta protocols or like whoever you're taking service from. That's one thing. And the second thing is, for example, I mean, this is a personal topic for me, but like how can we push PSBTs? So currently, I mean, for, for example, for the markets to really mature on ordinals, we need like the other side, the bids. Uh, we, we only have sales right now, for example. And it's like quite... I don't want to say impossible, it's possible, but like from a user experience perspective, it's a, a little bit messy right now to do the bids. So it's like a technical obstacle right now, something that we can't do, that we can do on like other smart contract capable chains. Mm -hmm. But from another perspective, like um, all that smart contract com complexity, all that like uh, building stuff, etc. it's like, 10 times more easier to build on ordinals right now from like a product builder's perspective. And when you, again, like think about, for example, PSBTs at this point, um, because it makes us like invent new stuff, right? Like there has been like all these years, there have been only like two major cases, the coin joins and the multi-sig wallets. And there hasn't been like that much innovation happening in this space. Now we have like a, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are like hundreds of developers trying to like find out what we can do. I mean, like 
there is new brain power coming into the space to really push the limits on like what we can do. And like for example, with the rollups, I mean, I think we're gonna see Bitcoin rollups. There is gonna be teams like working on that, and like maybe like application-specific rollups we're gonna see sooner or later. But the yeah. demand will push innovation. There was no demand for Bitcoin block space. Now yeah. there is extreme demand for Bitcoin block space. So there are builders flocking back in to build stuff. More smart people are coming in, so we're gonna see a lot of like crazier shit happening on the Bitcoin. Yeah, I, I think in summary is the pro of all this is people can do whatever they want, which means more innovation, um, lower barriers, you don't need a lot of capital, you don't even need to be a developer to develop protocol, which is crazy to me. Um, so that's the pro is you get all this freedom and innovation. You get people coming in from different chains, different experiences. And then, but the downside is that there's some really bad ideas. And sometimes the market goes for even bad ideas because they're simple. So it's like this weird thing where you don't want to be gatekeeping, but then you want to be telling people, Hey, here's, here's like some downsides. So I, I guess, you know, right now, what do you think is like the worst example? of something that is a second layer or a meta protocol? Or maybe you don't want to answer that. This is like, wh which enemies do I want to create right now? <laughs> How about the best? How about what's the best example of like a second layer or a meta protocol that is like not controversial, at least to you three, whatever it might be, that is, you could say this is solid. There's a reason why it has to be done this way than on another chain completely maybe. I think it totally depends on what you value and what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, over the past couple of months, I've been digging really deep on any kind of Bitcoin scaling solution that I can get my hands on. So this is like RGB and Omni and Rootstock and Liquid and Lightning and even sidechains like Stacks or ICP or other, you know, even Ethereum with like wrapped Bitcoin. And been looking at like all of the trade-offs between rollups and meta protocols and sidechains and L2s. And they all have trade-offs. Uh, Lightning feels really good as a layer two, as a scaling solution, until fees get really high and you realize that everyone's going to have to create a whole ton of Lightning channels in order to actually use it. And so there are scaling, or scaling issues, even with Lightning, like a layer two. And then you talk about sidechains, and sidechains are great because you get true smart contract capabilities. You can do whatever you want, and it's... It's better than a meta protocol in some ways because you actually have an incentive to like run a node for these chains because there's a new token. But the downside is you have to peg in and out, so you have to wrap. And because there are bridges, there are additional custodians in there. Uh, for meta protocols, meta protocols are amazing because they're simple and it's just really easy to throw a, meta, a new meta protocol on top of Bitcoin. But meta protocols are very centralized, at least right now. We have ordinals, and I think Casey did an amazing job of releasing the Ord client in like a fully featured functional uh, way so that everyone could just adopt it. And so I know there are probably thousands of people running an Ord client. It, it might be less. I don't actually know the number here. But then if you look at like BRC20 indexers, there's probably five or four or three. Uh, and most of them aren't public. And we only have like one open source and they haven't been verified and we don't have like any, any kind of way to compare. And people are going crazy on BRC20s like it's, you know, native Bitcoin fungible token when there are downsides to having meta protocols on top of Bitcoin. And so it's, it's like a game of trade-offs. Like what kind of trade-offs do you want to make? And so, you know, answering so the question the of, one? yeah, what's the best <laughs> one? 
Uh, I mean, at, at Bionic, we're building on ICP, which is a side chain. And so we're, we're making a lot of trade-offs um, by, by building on a side chain, similar to like if you're building on stacks. You know, that's, you're, you're similarly going to make trade-offs. Uh, I mean, I haven't answered your question. I'm just kind of... No, I, I think you kind of did, though. I think a kind of layer two smart contract, I think, is pretty solid. And I'm biased towards that way, definitely. I like, I like stacks. The Trajan app, we use stacks. And I, I just like being able to have private keys, not social consensus. I hate that idea that, well, first is first, or whatever the social consensus is. That's insane to me. That's the same as fiat. Like, let's all agree that the dollar is worth something. Let's all agree these tokens belong to these people. So I'm definitely like the grouchy man saying, I want to be able to sign something with my private key. Otherwise, it's, you know, not valid. But I, I think that was your question. Your answer was maybe ICP. Um, but yeah, so, so Jeff. Yeah, I would say... I think BRC20 is definitely, um, I think you were asking about which one's worse or which one's best. It's definitely, it's definitely using ordinals in a way that's like stretching its capabilities kind of to the breaking point, to the, to the point where you're seeing adverse effects, uh, which maybe you think is bad. I, I totally see the like, other side of that coin, though, too, I'd say, which is that I really like that somebody's doing something that uh, is pushing Bitcoin to its boundaries. I mean, it's, it's good for people who build stacks and layers like stacks because it sort of validates the, the existence of it and why it's going to be needed in the future. Uh, so I can't argue with that. And I think also just watching people build stuff on ordinals, it's definitely kind of for me tapped into maybe just like a value I maybe knew I had but now sort of see a lot more clearly, which is I think I'm like an experimentation maximalist. Like I'm like, Bitcoin's open. You can do whatever you want with it. Uh, ordinals are open. You can write whatever you want there. You know, let's just like lean into that and, and like let people run a thousand experiments and, uh, and see where it all lands. I agree bad things can happen. Uh, but I think if I had to like pick one lane or the other, I'd be, you know, let's, let's, let's go for experimentation and more people building stuff on Bitcoin versus the opposite. Yeah. I'm going to start with really bad ideas. In all right, game. good. My <laughs> so since we've been like dealing with like last two weeks, it's all been about BRC20s for us. Um, and like we've met with a lot of teams doing DEXs for BRC20s, and we're like, guys, there is no standards, there is no nothing. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then um, some people started to like upload EVM code, like the Unisats, I mean, not the Unisats, sorry, uh, Uniswap code on Ethereum as like inscriptions onto Bitcoin. And the argument there is, okay, if indexers can keep balances of people for BRC20, then indexers can also run this EVM code. And like we can just like run arbitrary code on Bitcoin now. But like, I mean, we are already talking about like BRC20s are like stretching the limits. These are like way off things for now. But like there are people seriously trying to do this kind of stuff. Um, I think like these won't work, but there is also like quite a lot of uh, interest around um, JSON applications. Okay, like BRC20 is one. Can we make a game using this? Like, okay, the mentality of like inscribing JSONs as like inputs, and like people make inputs, and the game iterates, and the indexes just show the UI of the game, etc. So there are like those kind of ideas. They might be, some of those might be viable depending on the adoption. And at this point, like, I want to uh, point fingers to the adoption topic. There are going to be things that people want to use 
and we'll start using and um, just like a couple centralized indexers serving that will be enough for people to use it. But for example, BRC20, it's something like that for me from my perspective because it's really simple. You say, okay, I am sending 50 coins to Bob. There is no coins moving. It's just like indexers look, okay, new transaction, update the books. And it's kind of like pretty straightforward. It's really kind of like relatively easy to do math because it's just like additions from like balances. It's something like a bank does, like indexers keep the books, but anybody can like confirm going back to the chain and look at things. But isn't that all just web two? I mean, maybe before the internet was, was invented that that's just people looking at an index and saying, that's what it is. So at one point, do we say this is an innovation that is an improvement versus how are we going back in time? So I guess that's my next question is, when do we say that and say, wait a minute, this is just pre-internet stuff, people looking at ledgers versus, hey, actually, this is a good way to do it. Like, is there a specific example you could think of, a specific application where you can say, that's it? Because we're kind of talking, you know, being vague, I guess, about things. And maybe because it's so new, there's nothing we can point to yet, maybe in six months. I have a challenge to issue to the audience. Think of your favorite Web3 application, whether it's on Ethereum or Solana or some other kind of smart contract-based chain. Uh, think of your favorite app. I'll give you like five seconds. Maybe you used it. Maybe you made a lot of money off of it. Okay, now, whatever it was, that can be a JSON meta protocol on Bitcoin. So whatever it was, it doesn't matter what it was, you could do it as a meta pro protocol on Bitcoin. Uh, the, the only downside, and this is getting at what, what, what you were asking, is if you just have a single meta protocol indexer, then it's a centralized meta protocol. There's someone controlling all of the state. It's basically just like a Web2 server that's determining you know, state. And you're using Bitcoin as kind of the messaging layer, and you, know, you have security over the order of the messages, but until you decentralize that meta protocol, you don't really get the benefits of, you know, blockchain, I would say. And so we want uh, not just one person running a protocol. We want like 50 people running your protocol. So how are you going to incentivize people to now run a node on top of Bitcoin to index your meta protocol? If you can find 50 or 100 people to do it, then you start improving upon the Web2 model because now you have this... Uh, you know, layer of decentralization that you're adding to your meta protocol. And if there are ways that you can have kind of like a indexer of indexers, like we were talking about uh, last night, where all of the indexers could basically post uh, some hash of the state and actually verify, hey, we're up to date and we match all of these other indexers. Now you start having consensus among these meta protocol nodes. You're, you're almost creating a blockchain of meta... As, as a meta protocol. I, I thought you were going to add, I thought your ch original challenge was, okay, imagine it's just a single indexer and it's, it's essentially a Web2 company now. It's like a Web2 company, you know, faux, faux crypto. Do you actually care? Like, are you like, yeah, I'm, I'm still happy. I still love it. I still sold it profitably. That's the in interesting question. It's like, is it a problem? I mean, it's, it's certainly not as good, but do you still derive the same like joy and utility from it? On the experimentation layer, like anyone can do whatever they want. And starting centralized is probably not a bad idea. Yeah, and I, I wrote this like thread about this, uh, and that was kind of in there, which is that um, if the answer is if the answer is yeah, it just stays web two and like our project is just totally on one indexer indefinitely, it kind of puts a cap on like I think how big it can get, yeah. right? Like the one of the reasons we're 
getting like crazy growth on on crypto in general. It's because it's like global, it's borderless, da, da, da. like anybody can build, anybody can extend or sort of build on anything else. And it, it, it's like a network effect. Uh, I don't know whether accelerant really. And so I think it would it would limit it would like cap your growth of your project at, in this like little niche community of super high risk individuals who kind of don't care and don't have any other sort of like uh, constraints or, or like uh, requirements, you know, I think. Yeah, no, anyway. So yeah, in a sense, we are circling back to the web two by this, but like the major, one of the major differences in my opinion is that uh, there is no one source of truth. Like the data is open out there and it's like uncensorable, untaperable, like it's just there. We write it on the Bitcoin blockchain. And then um, now we have like multiple uh, truth verifiers, like indexers, that like makes it e easy for people to uh, read that data, basically. So I think how things gonna evolve, like right now there is like Ordinance Wallet is doing it, Unisat is doing it, Best in Slot is doing it, the BRC20 indexing. I think like the more adoption these like meta protocols get from like users, there's gonna be more drive for builders to build their own indexers. And we're gonna be living in a world when there are like 20 indexers, 30 indexers, 50 indexers. And once like um, all those indexers come to the same solution, keep coming to the same solution with the, like the protocols becoming more definitive. Everybody's like agreeing on, okay, this is how we're gonna treat this. This is how we're gonna deal with these edge cases, etc. So I think in a world where we have like 50 indexers verifiably showing that everybody comes to the same conclusion, um, it becomes trustable enough for a lot of applications. So it sounds like, to summarize, you're, we're going to get a lot of experimentation simply because it's easy to do, and there's a lot of bad ideas. Ideally, they just die a quiet death, but there will be some that will make it, and they'll be good enough, and they're not going to be as strong as base layer cryptography, but maybe they'll be 5% better than Web 2, or 5% better than traditional Web 3, maybe that's the plus. We have like one minute left, so I want to finish on one question, answer it shortly. Um, what is the best case scenario, five years, using meta protocols, sidechains, whatever it's going to be, what is like something you could say, that was a success, 30 seconds or less, each person? Let's upgrade Bitcoin. <laughs> and let's make it do more and let's get rollups and let's have Bitcoin verify validity proofs. And now all of these meta protocols are layer twos that give us really awesome additional functionality to Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin could then be able to do more and be more like everyone wants it. Like the, the, the existence of meta protocols, it shows that we want more from Bitcoin. And so I, I think that's the future, you know, upgrade Bitcoin, make all the meta protocols layer twos, tons of experimentation. All right, Jeff. It's the same answer. I'm going to try to compress it into a, into a, you know, a tweet. Uh, it's meta protocols put so much pressure on Bitcoin that it must uh, upgrade to rollups. <laughs> That's short <It's> good. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to see music NFTs on Bitcoin. We're going to see DeFi on Bitcoin. We're going to see like a lot of stuff that's been happening on other chains that happening on Bitcoin, but because how Bitcoin works, like no smart contracts, simpler to build, we're gonna see interesting stuff happening on Bitcoin and it's magical and fun again, so. I like that, I like that. My, my answer is the best case scenario is all the talent 
is in Bitcoin. So all those talented people that have been on these side chains and different projects and even not even in crypto will be on Bitcoin. To me, that's like my dream for a few years. So let's thank the panel. This is very, very good. Thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review our show. Subscribe to the Ordinals podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite app, and follow us on Twitter at the Pod. Drop us a line at podcast at org.media for topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like us to interview. Ordinals 2024 conference is taking place in Nashville. Early bird passes are available now. Visit org.media and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks for listening to the Ordinals podcast, produced by Ord Media. Thank you.